Jerry Sacramento. Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Nolan. And today I'm joined in the studio by the man whose dedicated coverage of the Bundesliga U19s <laughs> means that he knew about Gio Reyna before every other U.S. men's national team fanatic. That's Scott, true. It is true. It's very true. Scott is that man. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I mean, I I'm not gonna say I knew about I knew yeah. of him from people. So yeah, I actually get bitter now when I see things on social media about oh, Gio Reyna is the next greatest of all time, uh, because I knew that you discovered him first, and it makes me mad that Fox Soccer is taking credit for it. Sure, I'll, I'll pat you on the back for you. Oh, there good you go. Job. Thank you. I had to lean over for that. Yeah. yeah, you're doing well though. Yeah, I'm good. You're healthy. No. Okay. I'm I'm a little sick, I'm but sorry. you Got know, Corona. Dayquil helps. Oh, shoot. You got the corona. We need to get those uh, sound dividers now. Okay. <laughs> Press pause and make them. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> it's good good, good to know you're, you're in mostly good health. Also joining me in the studio tonight is our not-so-special guest anymore. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, coming to us all the way from Michigan. Ah, yes. Which is also where Adam Grinwis is from. Did you know it that, It is. Zach? Yes, I did know that. He, grew, know that? Up, uh, he grew up about 20 minutes from... So I lived in a place called Kentwood mm. for four years. He grew up about 20 minutes from there. And then I moved to Pinckney huh. uh, for like, I was kind of raised in Pinckney. That was about an hour and a half from where he was. Yeah. You yeah. may have crossed paths one day. Yeah, you went to U of M. You could have played on the same parks. That If I played soccer at a young or, age. Or yes. just like, you know, <laughs> parks, like like the slides and the monkey bars uh, and yes. stuff. That'd be cool. It's possible. How Very old is possible. he? I don't know. 26 he's like, or 8. Yeah, he's probably a little older than He's me. a little older. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's cool that you guys share the connection. You should, you should. I should uh, make that a thing. Yeah, I'd be like, whoa, yo, what's up, bro? What, what, uh, do you miss Michigan? Yeah, you uh, liking this weather? You know, just make that <laughs> small talk. Yeah, you should do that. All right, well, that's cool. How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, good. Work this morning, and nice. I'm tired, and I need a nap. But I'm glad to be here I'm talking glad some soccer. To see you. Aww. Hey, and if you like to talk soccer, uh, we are on social media. This is just our quick social media plug. Great we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook, kind of. Um, <laughs> we're on Facebook. If you all start actually interacting on Facebook, then I'm going to get on there. And actually, I should start interacting on Facebook. There you That's go. Yeah, you got to make the first move. Um, yeah. We're also on Reddit. <laughs> so all of our handles or you know usernames or whatever are 916Republic. Yes, sir. Um, and then we also have a Patreon. So oh, if yeah. you give us money, we can do cool things um, and... For example, we just bought a uh, little portable um, voice recorder, and that'll allow us to have guests uh, on over the phone and not have terrible sound quality. Mm-hmm. And that'll be able us, to do it more frequently. Yep, too. that'll allow us to record better sound stuff uh, when we are at the games. So, like, we're uh-huh. going to do some post-game interviews that we recorded just on our phones. Well, this is going to allow us to do some uh, better quality stuff for you guys. So, um, when you support us. We can give you better content. That's yes. that's how that works. So when you support 100%. us, we support you. Yeah. So the Patreon is nine one six Republic, dot com Patreon. I don't know. It's it's on all our social media stuff. I just tweeted it out, so you yeah. can you can look at that. And now that we're on the topic of marketing, we can move into the first <laughs> point on our news segment for today. There you go. Uh, Sacramento have just announced this morning that they are uh, unveiling their new. Heritage kit as the away. It's the 2020 away kit. The 2020 away kit, yeah, for the yeah. for the Republic. I guess um, it's back. nicknamed the Heritage kit. Yeah. I think. And this is my conspiracy theory, but I think oh. this is the only reason they brought Roro back is to <laughs> unveil to be the model, the Heritage kit with him <laughs> in it, yeah. um, because it looks pretty cool. And they like play the the like clips from the Miracle at Bonnie, and it's like oh yeah, six years of late of like late of like late whatever. It looks cool. Legendary performance. I don't know how much it is. It's probably like ninety bucks to one hundred and ten. Yeah, they're they're usually like 
Sixty dollars? Yeah, I want to say no. They're yeah. pretty low. They're it's, pretty low. It's fairly cheap, actually. For a, for a kit, yeah, yeah. Should have known that. Should've and known. you should probably get on that now because that price is going to skyrocket once we get into MLS. It might. I I yeah. just think honestly they're probably going to run out because people Could want be. these yeah. jerseys. Like the heritage. The jersey. first year you're like, oh, I'm not really gonna like. You're not thinking. You know, th- th- there's no nostalgia there. But now that there's a jersey that looks like the one. Mm-hmm from you know like you'll probably buy it so that's all i'm saying they're probably gonna run out yep good stuff um we also have our home opener guys home opener on saturday march 7th at papa smurphy's kickoff is at 7 30 we will be playing tulsa the boys here at the 916 will be in attendance ready and amped as ever and it might rain, so be prepared for that. Oh, yeah, it, just warm. I looked at this, uh, the the weather forecast. It looks like it's going to rain in the morning, but, yeah, come prepared for sure, and it'll definitely be cold. Yeah, it's going to be cold. If it's windy like it is today, yeah. that's going to suck. Yep. Um, but we will be there and... Bundled up, It's gonna, ready to go. <laughs> listen, listen. Okay. <laughs> listen, Linda. Um, It was cold for me this, like, past weekend, was, and it was, like, in the high 50s and, like, a five-mile-an-hour wind. If it's going to be, like... And the game start time was an hour and a half before. Yeah, this if it's one. if it's gonna be windier than that yeah. and potentially maybe drizzly and later in the day and colder. Yeah. I'll be there, but I might not be happy. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be Yeah. It's gonna be cold, bro. I'm gonna bring a Bundle giant up thermos bro. of just like hot water. Hey, by the way, yeah. shout out to Matt George for getting his hot chocolate. Hey, yeah. yeah. That was Matt legit. George at what is it? K H T K. There it is. Yeah. 11.40 a.m. Sports Radio. Yeah. There you go. go uh, got him. us, uh, all, all three of us, uh, a hot chocolate. Yeah. yeah. On, on I don't know if he had to pay for those. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, Matt. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe, maybe he's coming out the budget. Yeah. yeah. Coming out the budget. Um, but yeah, for sure, uh, a good time. Uh, make sure you come out Saturday. And speaking of coming out Saturday, yeah. I just want to say, this might be the first game of the season, but Sacramento is already projected to dominate this yeah, league, dominate. okay, which is interesting to me. So I mean, if, if, not like super. I don't know. It, it's kind of surprising to me what our power ranking is as of currently. Yeah. So if you go on the league's website, USL Championship, whatever, they just today, Monday, published a power ranking. So I'll just go through the first six because Sacramento's number six. So number one is Phoenix. Two is Louisville. Three is Indy. Four is Orange County. Five is Tampa Bay, and then six is Sacramento. This is what they have to say about Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. Winning preseason scrimmages on back-to-back days this past weekend with two completely different lineups says the squad's depth is in great shape. So they're referring to uh, not this past weekend, but two weekends ago when the team played San Jose on Friday and then Oakland on Saturday. Those were two completely different lineups that played. And then we came out this past weekend and beat... Who was it? Real Monarchs. There we go. Three Defending to two. champs with a which, lot of MLS players. Which uh, we're going to talk about Pretty here. much an MLS squad. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's relax there, buddy. So, look. Okay. So we're on the sideline, right? We're with the, the team's media people. We're with uh-huh. some other media from around Sacramento. And the point was very clearly trying to be made to us yeah. that this was a good squad for the Monarchs. Oh, yeah. there was, which it there was. was. It was. There it were was. seven... Guys, this MLS. was told to us several times. There were seven guys that are on MLS contracts. I yeah. understand that. But listen. <laughs> listen up. Four, three or four of those guys were former USL championship players that got Major League Soccer contracts. So it's not like 
they're, you know, like, oh, they're on the fringes of the the 11 or they're in the 18 and they just came down to get some minutes. No, no, no. Like they're on the fringes of the USL and the MLS. (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of guys are for Sacramento as well. So like, yeah, I I don't know. There were only maybe two or three guys that I was like, oh, wow. Like that player was brought in to RSL Mm -hmm. to be a starter or in the 18 Everton, the midfielder. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember Alvin Jones. No, it was. I mean, I don't think so. He's a depth piece that's going to play mainly for the Monarchs. Yeah. Okay. So for sure. Anyway. Yeah. That that was regardless though for the USL level, very good roster. Yeah, they yeah. they they did bring in a good roster. It was it. I think it does reflect maybe well for Sacramento that they had a, a strong preseason. Uh huh. Maybe that's justifying a number six overall in the league. I don't know yet. We're gonna have to see. And I mean. I, they don't really either. We're in preseason. Again, we've talked about these games. You take it with a grain of salt. You take a power ranking with a grain of salt at this point as well. Um, now that we're talking about this, just go right into a quick game review, and then we're going to give you guys some post-match uh, analysis or a post, yeah, a post-match post press conferences but from both Coach Mark Briggs and the man of the match, Villian Bijev. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, just to go through the game real quick. Um it was kind of a back and forth, not a whole lot of possession in the first half to kind of start the first half. Real Monarchs go up, put a great set piece goal in um, in the middle part of the first half. And then about 10 minutes later, slot home another goal. We go into halftime down 2 nothing, But then we come out in the second half and Carlton Belmar comes on as a sub, immediately scores a goal, um, a great team goal, uh, a good kind of pressure goal. Uh, 2-1, and then uh, Panegos, 17-year-old Mario Panegos, comes on, immediately makes a great pass, great vi- shows great vision, uh, makes a great pass to Villian Bijev. Bijev scores his first goal to tie it 2-2, and then later on in the game, uh, Villian Bijev books home a second goal, um, and we win this game 3-2. Let's uh, We're going to go ahead and give you guys the kind of post-match uh, um, press conference with Coach Mark Briggs and also Villian Bijev, and then we'll go ahead and talk about it um, after that as well. All right, Coach. Well, preseason now under wraps. A, uh, a 3-2 comeback victory tonight. First off, what does this say? This win say about just the resiliency of this team going down 0-2, the defending champions, but not giving up, dominating the second 45, and getting this victory. Speaks a lot about their character. Uh, we had um, a few harsh words at halftime, to be honest. Um, and I thought you saw two different teams, first half and second half, um, which credit to them, we got a reaction, and I think in the second half they showed the team that we are and the team that we're capable of being. Uh, so it's pleasing to see that there was a reaction at halftime. With the exception of that 10-minute that period where they scored those two goals, do you feel like your team was the better team tonight or that first 45 just really wasn't what you're looking for at all? No, I think I wouldn't say it was a bad performance, but in any sport, if you if you don't compete, if you don't do the basics, um, fight, run, tackle, it doesn't matter how much ability you have because if you don't do those basics, your ability is a waste of time. And I just felt in the first half we were we were pulling out of tackles, we weren't competing, we weren't doing the basics, which allow us to go and show our ability and play the football that we want to play. Bijev was the man of the night tonight, but it was Carlton Belmar that got things going right away, uh, his goal to open up the second half. What is it like having a weapon like that that you can bring in at any time who is a, uh, a threat to score? You know, I, I think 
Carlton, Carlton deserves a little bit of credit because he hasn't quite found his rhythm yet. He hasn't quite hit his form. Um, but his attitude and his work rate and every day in training, his focus. And I think he came on the field tonight and you, you saw what he's capable of. Um, and for us, it's, it's a massive, a massive um, thing to have someone of his calibre on the bench, somebody that we can bring off the bench. And he's made my decision now for opening night a really hard one. Uh, Panagos comes on, makes a great pass to uh, Bijev. Just kind of as uh, preseason wraps up, what has impressed you? What's uh, stood out from the young 17-year-old? I think you know Mario came in then, and Mario's Mario's a player that you want to you want to come and watch him play. Yeah. He's he's got he, he doesn't care that he's 17 years old. He's got a little chip on his shoulder, and the kid can play. You know, and we've just got to put him in an environment where he's where he's successful and he thrives. And I think tonight. To be honest, he changed the game for us. He changed the rhythm, he changed everything. He, he got on the ball, he played balls between lines. He made things happen. Uh, that's what we want, right? And like I've said before, it doesn't matter how old you are, it's how good you are. And I think Mario showed he's ready to play at this level. Nice. Another young guy, uh, Sargis. Uh, what, what have you thought? Uh, what do you think of his play tonight? The same as Mario, to be honest. I thought Hayden was one of our better players. Uh, you know, he's, he's a young lad, so you're going to get the odd mistake here and there. But the level of his performance, his pass selection, winning his individual battles against a very good team, by the way. They sent a lot of MLS players. Do you know what I mean? So um, credit to Hayden, credit to Mario, um, and credit to, the, credit to this club for producing those young players. So I'll ask you the same thing that we asked Coach to open things up. What does it say about the resiliency of this club coming back from uh, two goals down to the defending USL champs? I know it's it's only preseason, but to end preseason with a comeback victory like that, uh, what does it say just about this club overall? I think it just helped us check off more boxes. Um, all of preseason, we've had a good amount of success. Uh, we've gone up early in our games or taken the lead, and then the game in Seattle, sorry, we were down a lot earlier um, so to have a game where we went down 2-0 in the first half didn't play the soccer we talked about playing uh, we looked a little bit flat um, not as sharp as we wanted to be but to go into the locker room coach gave a great talk um, gave us kind of the spiel and what he expected from us in the second half and we were able to come out and execute the difficulty of this preseason really stood out to me the amount of talented teams that you took on is it almost is it almost the perfect ending to finish off this difficult preseason against the defending champions with a victory oh it was definitely the perfect ending i was saying why couldn't that be our season opener that would have been a great way to open the season um but we have had some good tests in this uh preseason um really good teams that we had the opportunity to play against in a lot of big games so i think it prepared us really well again we played previously in san jose executed, played well from the beginning. Today didn't get to start so well, but came in and had our halftime meeting, a different meeting than we had previous and other uh, preseason games. So I think uh, we kind of put together a complete performance in terms of all of our games this preseason. Speaking of the opener, do you feel that this team maybe has an advantage or a leg up based off of the preseason that you have and almost like you're you're starting the season on, on high form? Um, I don't the preseason definitely helped I think our biggest advantage is playing at home the first game that's I would what I would say was our big advantage having our fans behind us I expect the stands to be absolutely packed um, even tonight just having the supporters and being playing at home I think made a huge difference for us had this game been away you know maybe the second half would have turned out differently so uh, being at home our first game I think would be a huge huge uh, help for us Billy started the game on the right side of the field and then switched to the left with Sam uh, 
through the first half and stayed, I believe, on the left for the rest of the game. Did that uh, help you bring out the best aspects of, of your personal abilities playing on a different side of the field, or what was that switch? Yeah, I think it did. I think uh, every game it depends the defender you're going against. It's all about 1v1 matchups, you know. Am I having more success? Is Sam having more success? Maybe if Belmar plays on the wing, if he's having success against someone, um, we try to find, you know, a weakness in the other team and kind of exploit it. Uh, I'm right-footed, Sam's left-footed, so we're both more comfortable coming me coming into my right and him going into his left. So when we flip sides like that, um, that's when I was able to come in and take that shot with my right foot. Had I been on the other side on my left foot, it would have been a little harder. And I think um, coach making that adjustment really helped us and it showed in our style of play. Walk me through that uh, second goal. Penegos comes on. Uh, shows great vision, gives you an awesome pass. Just walk me through that uh, second goal you had, or that or first goal you had, second goal of the match. Yeah, um, so earlier in the same half, I had an instance where I, or sorry, uh, late in the first half, I had an instance where I cut in on my right foot, and I tried to find uh, Cam on top of the box, and the ball ran a little long, if you guys remember. Um, so I had the same kind of thought frame in my mind, but this time I was thinking, though, I got to shoot it. Um, Mario played me a great firm ball, which gave me enough time to take that first touch without the defender having the time to close me down. Uh, as soon as I took that first touch and it kind of set up nicely for me, I thought this is my bread and butter. I got to whip this top corner. All right, a lot of great uh, stuff from Coach Mark Briggs and Villian Bijev. One of the things that popped out to me uh, from our talk with Mark Briggs was what he had to say for Penegos. Um, at one point during that post, uh, post-match conference, he said, to be honest with you, Penegos, he's talking about, he said, to be honest with you, you changed the game for us. Um, and, and, you know, I think giving a young guy like that especially when you have a lot of a lot of competition um at Penegos's position I think is significant um so that was definitely something that that stuck out to me what about you Nolan yeah I think the the big thing that stuck out from both Bijev and Mark Briggs was uh to talk about the team talk at halftime yeah yeah um so it sounds like something went down in there not exactly sure what that was um I can imagine that Mark Briggs had some words uh for the team but it it seemed to to um get a reaction because yeah. he came out and scored within under a minute um, in, the fr- in the second half and the rest is now enshrined in <laughs> Sac Republic history. So. Friendly history. Yeah. Yeah, he um, did say at the beginning of his post-match conference, uh, to be honest with you, we had some harsh words a half. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, and then for me, the thing that stuck out was kind of similar on the Penegos note. Um, Sargas, I mean, he said he's one of our better players. Yeah, that's yeah. a big deal. I, I'm I mean, we'll we'll get into the game analysis in a second, but I mean, he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I I mean, I have to agree with him. I'll hold my words for later on in the show. We'll return to this Sargis. Um, yeah, and I have I have topic. something to say about uh, Penegos actually later yes, on yes, in the yes. show as well. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Good. All right, Scott. Let's just go ahead and jump in the game analysis. Yeah, we, we want as well. Okay, so. Um, I don't know about I, I. I think Zach, you said you went back and rewatched the game. I did. Yep. I went back and rewatched the game. Nolan went I back re-watched. and rewatched parts of the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of what stuck out to us, both from being on the sideline watching it and then going back and rewatching the game. For yeah. those of you that maybe didn't see it, it's on YouTube. You can go back and watch it um, for free. Yeah, for free. It's on YouTube. Feels good. Go back on YouTube watching yeah. USL games. Nostalgia. Uh, okay, so this is what stood out to me first. The, the formation, it was very, the, and the shape, it was very compact and very narrow. And you're like, okay, what are you talking about? So compact from the back line to the front line it was very, they were very close. They were very squished together. And then narrow, they weren't as spread out. They weren't using the whole field. They, it felt like they wanted to make it a little bit narrower. Um, and that, I think that's primarily because Briggs has said he wants to keep the ball on the ground. So he doesn't want these 
long arcing in the air passes. He likes the ball on the ground. If you notice when Sac Republic was in trouble, they didn't kick it super, super long at times. They would try to pick out guys and just get it to them. Um, and then with that, the formation was a 4-3-3 with Cam playing a very high number 10. Mm. So people on, you know, I don't know, other podcasts, whatever, they're probably going to say that it was a 4-2-3-1. That's, that's just not true. It no. was a 4-3-3 with a very high 10. And you're like, Scott, what's 4-3-3? Yeah, right? you're like, Scott, what's the difference? Well, the difference really is the midfield. Um, Omunu was playing that number six, and then Skundrick would push up and play that eight. So he was left by himself, and then those two would switch at times, depending on you know what the game needed. And Formella played very high as well. Yeah. So the the struggle is, I don't think that the wingers were playing as high as Briggs wanted to in the first half. So if you go back and look at the first half, uh, Werner and Formella. Formella, yeah. Well, Formella, Formella was almost playing like the nine, and it was sorry, it was Werner and Bijev. They were playing a little oh, bit yeah. deeper. Right. And then in the second half, after they had switched, I think they were playing maybe just like three or four yards higher up, but that's that's significant. So it was still a 4-3-3. Cam was playing the 10. That's just because the next thing I'm going to get to is Roro is still hurt. He's still nursing back from a knee that he a knee injury he picked up in Seattle. As well as Vili- not a, Vili- Yeah, Villian Bijev. Not, not Villian Bijev. Jaime Villarreal. Jaime Villarreal. <laughs> there we go. Um, those guys are still hurt, so that's why Amunu is in. That's why Cam is playing the 10. I'm, I'm not that concerned. Again, we've said that before, <laughs> but just something to keep your eye on. And then lastly, the thing that I took away was Cam's touch is just not there. And if you go back and listen on YouTube, um, Brian Goldthwaite, I think is his name, the the color commentator, he said it too. Like you, you, you want to feel confident that your striker going into the season is going – to be on form and cam missed a couple of opportunities yeah and he said like you know that that just doesn't bring confidence you mm-hmm. want to feel confident that your striker is going to make mm-hmm. the goals when the opportunities present present themselves and cam yep. had two very clear opportunities where he could have controlled the ball better and then scored and there was a time uh high up in the second part of the field where cam was just dribbling and lost the ball just lost the ball. What there was really anybody on him. It was just a bad, just yeah. bad dribbling. And, and that could be maybe the field conditions. I don't know. So something yeah. to watch for sure. Um, Anything else you guys want to add? I mean, I think, I think what we see as well in, in in this game is there's there's a serious battle between Belmar and Formella um, on that wing. Uh, there's there's and there's great talent between. Or maybe the two it's of them. or maybe it's center forward because they both played center forward. True. They yeah. drifted a lot. They they are given freedom to kind of move yeah. around, but it's still center forward. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of talent up there. It's it's a good problem to have, um, and, and definitely be watching how that plays out in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nolan? I think uh, the biggest thing that we haven't mentioned yet is just what a game from Villian Bijev. Um, Fair. It's easy to look at the score sheet and see that he had a, a massive impact on the game, but also just what he did outside of those two goals. Um, he I don't looked know. Dangerous. He did. Yeah. I don't know if he was credited with the assist for Belmar's goal, but he, I think he was. But I mean, oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. But he. That's a that's I mean, a crazy fantastic he, ha- second half for him. Oh yeah, he took on like three dudes before he got that pass into. But the again, box. Cam should have should have put that in, but Belmar was was at the back post. Well, Cam was at the near post, and, and now, he should, yeah, and, and Belmar, but Belmar got to it. Yeah, um, right place, right time. 
anyway, uh, so looked really good. And a common criticism that we've had of Bijev in the past is he dribbles and then either just dribbles into nowhere or takes yeah. a super weak shot. I didn't see there was not never a moment in the game where I said that was unnecessarily dribbling, unnecessary dribbling from Bijev or yeah. that was a poor effort. Um, it's like, his decision making. Yeah, he, he's he looked really good. So and that was I th- yeah a strength and a highlight for him. Yeah, in that second half. Yeah, he was decisive. He didn't mm. wait. He was decisive yeah. and he made smart decisions. He passed when he should have passed. He shot when he should have shot mm. and ended up with two goals and an assist for it in a, in one half, yeah. um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, overall, yeah, again, we've said this before, it's preseason, you take it with a grain of salt, but very encouraging um, conclusion to our preseason heading into next week uh, when we play Tulsa. Yeah, and we'll talk about Sargas and Panagos in a minute. Last thing maybe to bring up is just Omunu played uh, really yes. well. Yes, yes, and he, he did. He and Skundrick played really well, and they did very good at being that like fourth body in the box. Uh-huh. So when the cross was coming in or, or whatever like there were a lot of guys yeah or just the when box. the press was on yep yeah they got forward a lot that, i think that's probably the last thing and he's quick too he's a big dude but he's quick yeah that's the last thing i would add yeah so Fair. agreed all right well we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we will preview the tulsa roughnecks nah, week one FC tulsa that's ooh, uh, good him. catch Thank fc you. tulsa go. good job bud yeah. we will preview fc tulsa week <laughs> one 2020 USL Championship season. And we are back going to do the FC Tulsa mm-hmm. good on you preview good nice job uh I I kind of took the reins on this one and just thinking back from last season trying to do some digging on their preseason they didn't publish like any like formation or any uh like lineup so all they really all I really had to go on was the guys that they signed and the t- stuff that they sucked out last year which was a lot so <laughs> Um, last year they played a four two three one four three three, but they they also at times had to play like a three at the back, a five at the back because they were they just were leaking goals. Mm-hmm. They had good attackers. They had guys that could create. Rodrigo da Costa last year nine goals, thirteen assists. Uh, Christian Altamirano, Altamirano seven goals, seven assists. So they have good kind of attacking midfielders, central attacking midfielders, but they really didn't have anybody on the wing. They really didn't have any center back defender besides uh, Cyprian Hendrick, who's back this year. So they went out in the offseason under new ownership and said, we're going to bring in some better players. They signed Libo Maloto from Nashville on a multi-year deal. Good he had five goals, 10 assists. I think in his like USL career, he's got like 55, 60 goals, 30-something assists. Like He's been very productive, 30-year-old experience. They also, from Nashville, signed Bradley Bourgeois, I think is how you say his name, center back. Didn't play a ton in Nashville, but Nashville had really good players, so that's not surprising. They also brought in Vangelil Zugru, something like that. Um, had seven assists as a defender, I think probably a fullback last year in League One, so that maybe helps shore up some defensive things on the wing, also gives another guy that can give service. And I think probably the biggest 
the best signing they made was Rodrigo da Costa to a multi-year deal. So again, nine goals, 13 assists last year for a bad FC Tulsa or yeah. Tulsa Roughnecks, mm-hmm. but still performed. 26 years old. I think that's probably the best move they made. Um, and they shored up some defensive things on the wing, also brought some more attacking options on the wing, shored up their center back with bringing in Bradley Bourgeois. They had nobody that could win the ball back in the midfield, so they bring in Eric Bird from technically from the Houston Dynamo because he signed a contract, but I don't think he ever played for the Houston Dynamo, maybe a couple of games. He was mainly with Rio Grande Valley, but was very good for Rio Grande Valley, so they bring him in to play central defensive midfield. I think they might be the most improved team of 2020. I mean, I don't see how you can look at the experience on their roster and not just get way better. Yeah, They just have proven guys, and they also have some unproven guys in this league. Um, they brought in Kwambe. Uh, I, don't, I forget his first name, but he was you know a former Nigerian national team player. Uh, they brought in another player that has experience with the Nigerian national team as well. So uh, th- these are very good, experienced players. They're not young either. Um, they're in their mid-20s to early 30s. So I, I think this is a team that, though there's still some questions, I don't really know who's playing left back. I don't really know who else is playing in the midfield. Um, I'm still not 100% sure who's going to be the striker. Um, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be on the right wing. So though there are still some question marks on our end, I think that they have got some things figured out. It's the same coach, and no one's going to talk about him in a minute. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to play. I think they're going to try to play with the ball. Maybe not exactly like Sacramento. I think they might be uh, they, they might be a bit more comfortable dropping back into a defensive shape and then winning the ball back that way. But I think they're going to try to possess and they're going to try to pass. And they've also got some guys that can break defenses open. So I think they're going to want the ball. And the way to play against that is don't give them the yeah. ball, mm-hmm. the, the best defense is offense in that situation. So I'm going to look for Sacramento to try to possess a little bit more. Assuming that. That, that I'm, that I'm right. I don't yeah. exactly know. <laughs> Still kind of predictions here. This um, was the, we beat them six to two last year, right? Six, six zero. I think. Six, yeah. Six, six to two was, you're not going to, years ago. you're not going to see that happen. Most likely. I, on I don't Saturday. think so. I don't think so. I, it's I a new team. I think if, if any fan comes into this game thinking we should win this game 3-0, you, you shouldn't think that. Number one, it's it's the first game of the season, so it's not like we're firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Number two, we ha- we just don't know. Quite honestly, the, what we've seen in the West this offseason, that's not going to be the case yeah, you, and, you know, for most games. And don't forget, like they have guys on their team from last year that can score yeah. and can assist. So yeah. if they have gotten even marginally better defensively, like they allow... 15 less goals. That's a that's a borderline playoff team. It's a big in swing. In my opinion. It's a big so, swing. I think I'll just let Nolan talk about their coach and kind of the club for a minute and then maybe we'll come back and try to try to do some sort of prediction. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> I was doing just a little bit of reading on their head coach, uh, Michael Insian. Michael, it's N I S N S I E N. I think you said it right. Yeah, Insian. Um he this is for it seems to be his first head coaching job professionally um since his professional playing days for the la galaxy and several other mls clubs um he also 
went to the 2004 Athens Olympics with the Nigerian national team. So perhaps that can explain the influx of Nigerian experienced Nigerian players. Uh, and yeah, he's interesting. He took over as an interim head coach in 2018 and then um, was asked to come on as the um, full-time head coach in 2019 and remains to this day. So uh, there is seems to be some, some long-term stability at the club, um, new ownership, interesting is interesting stuff to see another interesting thing uh to see would be supporters playing at papa murphy's park which i think <laughs> would be fantastic uh sorry i lost my thought um tulsa supporters. did just that so they uh had this event on february 18th called the supporters cup um and they have two pretty established supporters groups the 83 United and the Tulsa Lunatics. And so they played 90 minutes um, at their home field, which is also a baseball stadium, um, while the players and coaches of Tulsa, do I have that, of Tulsa watched on, which I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> that would be that, fun. That'd bro. be, put me on the wing. Yeah. That'd be so good for like the players too to just like berate fans for 90 <laughs> minutes and, and it'd be okay because I'm sure they get a lot, especially at Tulsa, they probably get like a lot of crap. <laughs> Maybe um, from last the year. Yeah. Um, that's that. The I just had a thought. Oh, I can't wait to listen back and see how many times I called them the Roughnecks. I feel like I, I did a couple times. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Did you, I, don't, I didn't hear one. I, didn't oh, hear one. I might you have just okay. missed it. You were just it. saying Tulsa. Okay, I did? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we'll see. It'll take some time. It will. It, it's weird. Um, do we want to try to predict this game outside of just saying I, I mean, what we've said? We've never really done score predictions. So that's yeah. not really what we're talking no, about. That's not really a thing. I, I think I kind of said mine. Like Sacramento is going to try to possess a little bit more mm-hmm. so that Tulsa hey, doesn't yeah. have the ball. I also, I guess maybe my one prediction is don't be surprised if the first half looks very different from the second half. As, uh, you know, Briggs and his coaching staffs can kind of come in and say, okay, what are they doing? What do we need to change to be successful? Mm-hmm. That's probably my only prediction is if it looks bad at, at halftime, don't fret. I think Briggs is a pretty good look uh, for Briggs to be adaptable. Yeah. yeah, so for sure, that would be my only thing. I don't. I'm. I agree. I, yeah. I don't know that I could add any more to that. I. I think if anything, you. I think you're going to see a competitive game. Yeah, I'm not going to see the Tulsa of before. Hmm. It'll be a new team. It will be, but fun. I still believe we'll get the win. Yep. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on to our final segment of this episode our specific season hmm. prediction. So this isn't going to be, uh, oh, Sacramento's going to finish third in the West and they're going to have this many points. That's not the kind of predictions no, no, no. we do. We have a higher bar than yeah. that. The, it, the, <laughs> the West is just so uh, talented that it's it's just hard to predict that. And they don't really, it's not really adding anything to the conversation, in my opinion. So what we are going to do is we each have two specific predictions these are going to be things that you as the watcher the fan can look for during the matches during the season you can look to see if uh, uh, (laughs) managers comments or maybe um some you know analysis of the game will reflect these predictions so let's just jump into it i think we'll go we'll kind of go like the first for each of us and then we'll do the second of each so sounds good my first one this is a Rodrigo Lopez-centric ah, prediction. Interesting. Okay. Rodrigo Lopez will miss at least six games this season due to injury or rest. 
All right. And as a result, Mario Penegos will seize his opportunity, scoring oh. a game-winning goal as a substitute. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, very so I, specific. So I think we've already seen, if Rodrigo Lopez is hurt, that probably, mean, probably means Cam or someone drops in as that number 10. Mm-hmm. We've seen it also in B- yep. Bijev uh, against San Jose. Well, we didn't see it. We just saw the lineup and kind of drew the conclusion. But we've also seen that Penegos can work some magic. So yeah. So the man's got. We good were vision. at the Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oakland Roots game. Yes. Uh-huh. And Penegos started and just was just looking way better than everyone. Mm-hmm. And then now we see him come in as a substitute against the reigning USL Championship um, finalist winners. I don't know what the thing is yeah, called. Yeah, I, I can't. So that. against a good team, and he looked the part. And I think that he's going to seize that opportunity. Now let's talk about Roro. He's 32. Mm-hmm. He'll be 33 in May. Hmm. So he's kind of old. What day? May 10th. Ah, it's Zach's birthday! Hey. Is it really? Yeah. It is. May 10th's my you birthday. You guys should have a party together. Bro, I got to meet him. Yeah. Be like, Yo. You have so many connections to the Yo, players. I, I just feel like, let's go out. Yeah. Let's have a beer together. <laughs> Celebrate <laughs> our birthday. Hey, I know you don't know me, but listen, we're connected. Listen. Yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's cool. He's already having knee issues that are <laughs> seeming to linger. Yep. And at this stage in a player's career, when a small a small injury can very easily become a medium injury. A Agreed. medium injury can very easily become a big injury. Very true. I think he's going to have one or two or three of those smaller injuries, or maybe he just has a larger injury and he has to mix, miss six straight weeks. Who knows? And then Panagos is really the only true 10, in my opinion, Okay. On this roster, the only the only other one that would have a, a, a shout at that would be Bijev, mm-hmm. but we've seen him play on the wing. I think, I think Briggs, Briggs likes him on the wing. I think he'll stay on the wing. And Panegos has just he's just shown that he can play. And and to give you Scott maybe more strength to the foundation of this argument, we've seen multiple players from our academy go on to Europe and play in Europe, yep. and be very good. And given the fact that we're going to be an MLS squad in a couple of years, I I don't I don't think that this is uh you know out of the realm of possibility for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, that is my first specific prediction. Nolan, let's go to you with yes. your first prediction. My specific prediction pertains to two games specifically in the uh. in the upcoming season, uh, namely the games against Orange County SC. So I think that if if and when Thomas N. Volson scores a goal against Sacramento, he will not celebrate it. I think I think he will do um, one of those very like respectful like hands up. He'll bow like, to Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll like he'll show his appreciation to the fans and and um, will refrain from uh, going nuts after he scores because he's a seasoned professional and Sacramento was really good to him. Like they rescued him from what seemed like a miserable time that he had at Indy Eleven. Um, revitalized his season, allowed him to be the hero in a in a pretty significant playoff run, um, and the fans supported him uh, pretty much from the, his first day in Sacramento. So I think um, that that we could see very possibly him score against Sacramento and then not celebrate it. I think the only maybe negative is like it's not like he spent that much time in Sacramento. Yeah, half a season, half a season, not even. And we heard, we saw from that article published in he was Denmark. A little mm, he was salty. a little sad that he that the team didn't pick up his I would go his a step option. further. I yeah. he seemed a little salty. He 
he basically was saying that like they didn't want to pay him what he thought he was worth. Mm. So I, I think maybe he's got a little bone, but at the same time, he was very, very quickly loved mm-hmm. in, in Sacramento. Yeah, he so was. He was what we needed. Yeah. That's I, my thought. I'll, th- I'll be surprised to watch that. I'll yeah. be surprised to watch that. Interesting. All right. And uh, for my first one, my prediction is that Hayden Sargis not only will establish himself as a consistent starter at center back, he also will establish himself as one of the best center backs in the mm. league. Hot take. Okay. I, <laughs> I had a negative... I had some negative things to say about him after the game. There were a few mistakes in possession. I got some kickback from my colleagues as we were riding home that night. So I went back, I watched the game, and paid particular attention to his play. And I will say, his work off the ball and his vocalness on the pitch was very mature for his age. Now, additionally, Coach Briggs, as you guys heard, said after the game, I think Hayden is one of our best players. For a man that's been sort of coy with info of this nature, I think that is significant. I might be reading into things here, but hey, we're making predictions. I think this one has some validity to it. I, I think it might be a bit of a stretch to say he'll become one of the best center backs in the league. All right. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know if that's giving enough respect to the really good center backs who play in the USL. And like, let's just be honest, he's not the finished product. He's no, 17, I don't think, 18. Yeah. Like, he has several years of development still to until he is like uh-huh. pl- com- playing at that high of a level. Um, but yeah, I think it's not out of the question that he starts many games this season. Um, and I, like you said, uh, I was impressed with his performance on Saturday against the Monarchs. Like his desire to take the ball, he would like, there was just one moment in the game where he was, I've talked to you with you guys about this already, but he was calling for the ball from Grinwis. He received it and then uh-huh. he dribbled into space um, three guys closed him down because we said we were going to be watching. Um, I think we, we said before the game, if I were the Monarchs, I would press Hayden Sargis whenever he has the ball. And that's what they did. Three guys collapsed on him. Um, he lost the ball, but then made a sliding tackle. The ball went out for, for a throw in. And so Sacramento was able to, to, um, reposition, position themselves. But the guts that it took just to be screaming for the ball and then mm-hmm. try to dribble it into space, um, under pressure, I th- I was impressed by that. And he I think he did as, that with, with Mahoney, yeah. Mahoney as well. And I think as he gets those moments, his confidence will grow. Um, and, and I think that'll happen relatively quickly. Yeah. It, it, this, these are predictions. All right. You know what? Maybe it's bold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think defensively he's there. Yeah. Uh, he, that's what I saw against a very good Monarch team. He didn't put a foot wrong. He's not the biggest center back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is still 17, so he hasn't yeah, fully he grown grow. into his body. He's only six foot tall. So I think he might get maybe exposed a little bit there. Not a surprise. That's nothing anyone will be worried about. The thing I am worried about is how long will it take him for the game to slow down? Mm -hmm. Anytime you move up a level, the game gets a little bit quicker. Um, And we saw that he tended to just take another touch or two in possession. He was looking for the pass. Now, positive, he's looking for that line breaking pass but he he as you said nolan he Mm -hmm. took a little bit too long and then lost the ball again he made a great recovery tackle Mm -hmm. but this is also a a league where guys are playing for their genuine genuinely 
for their food. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, no one is going to take it easy because he's 17. We were talking with um, one of our the other guys in the media before the game, and he asked, "How do you how do you play against Sacramento?" And my answer was very easy. Whenever Hayden Sargas is in possession, you press the living crap out of him. Mm-hmm. You just throw numbers at him. He will eventually make a mistake. And then you've already got numbers forward. Then you counter. He's going to have to get better in possession. Again, that's not a surprise. So the only, the only variable I see with this is how quickly does he get better? If it takes him a month, two months. Yeah. I I mean, he, like I said, he's there defensively. Um, but if it takes longer than that, yeah. Does Briggs pull him and start to choose the games in which he plays Hayden? Uh-huh. He he might actually already do that. Maybe Deco Keenan is nursing an injury that we just don't know about. True. Um, maybe Thomas Hilliard Arce is nursing an injury I've we heard, don't know yeah. about. It, it could be. It could be maybe the exact opposite. Maybe uh, Briggs says, you know what? He's not great in possession, but the only way to get better is to play. You got to play games. And it could could be that come september it's like wow this guy is truly next level Mm -hmm. who knows who knows well let's go to my second prediction which is this players from last season that were mediocre will stand out this season Hmm. i'm speaking specifically of three guys matt mahoney villian bijev and drew skundrick one of those names should be ringing in your ear because i have destroyed (laughs) them (laughs) (laughs) I will get to him. Okay, first, Matt Mahoney. His physical play and passing will shine in Briggs' system. He likes the ball on the ground. Mahoney is a very good passer with the ball on the ground. Um, He does not mind banging heads, if you will. And (laughs) um, Apologies, apologies. Listen, all I'm going to say is if Bloomberg calls me one more time, (laughs) I've gotten text messages from people with the Mike Bloomberg campaign. How did you get my number? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they're not calling me and me mm-hmm. either. Well, Heck. anyway, that's more important. Yeah. Um, what the? So I think Mahoney <laughs> is going to shine. Drew Skendrick, his high energy play will be vital for Sacramento Republic mm-hmm. FC, and fans will take notice of his pressing. So yeah. we talked about the pressing. We finally got to see it. Mahoney's energy, or not Mahoney, Skendrick, Skendrick's energy mm-hmm. is going to be the the driving force for winning balls back, in my opinion. Lastly, Villian Bijev. Mm. The organized instructions from Briggs, along with better service, will lead to more goals and more assist from Villian Bijev. I've been saying this. That is that is swallowing your pride, Scott. It, I, I've it, been saying this. It was this. really hard. Not hard. It was it was, I think, eye opening mm. to see him not have to think about the game mm. and just play. Like when he talked about his goal, he knew, hey, I was in a pos- this position earlier. I played a pass to Cam, which went long because yeah. Cam couldn't control it, in my opinion. He should have. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to dip my shoulder and have the shot. Mm. He w- he Like, yes, that's a thought, but that's more of kind of an instinct. Where last season we saw him okay, I have the ball at my feet. What am I going to have to do to get around this guy to create something? Mm. This season it was, I have the ball at my feet. Okay, here we go. And I'm, I'm shooting. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I also think that means he's going to pass more, which means more assist. 
I think he might be the second or third goal scorer, the highest goal scorer or highest, wow. I guess, assist, like goal, combined goals and assists on mm. the team. That That's just my kind of far out there uh, prediction. I, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. it's his decision making that has been so bad in the past. That's what's got to change here. Mm-hmm. I think more structure in the final third is going to benefit him, but we'll see. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with, with any three of these of these calls um i think scundridge I, I think fans have taken notice of his pressing at least maybe towards the end of the season and his work rate um but mm-hmm. but yeah to see him kind of break out and shine this year yeah i think scundrick will play regardless of his form because um i don't i don't know I don't anyone know else many, that can do what he yeah, can do yeah exactly there there's no one else in the squad that what did he say? He can just run. He ran like a 14K or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we heard he ran 14K against San Jose. Which is ridiculous. It's a little under 10 miles. That's so... In 90 minutes. God, that's so, It's so impressive. That's actually like... I mean, your your average fitness jogger can't even run 90, 10 miles in 90 minutes. Anyway. That's very that's impressive. Um, the this That kind of segues into my bold prediction for the season, which is that... Um, that Sacramento will sign a more defensive-minded midfielder around the same time that they signed Juan Barajono last year. So Juan Barajono signed in early May. I think the club will go in for another midfielder in early May of 2020. Um, my reasons for this is that there is currently a, with Roro injured, Cam playing the 10, that's not his natural position. He does not play well in that position. Um, I think they're going to have to have bring someone in to the midfield um, so you don't trust Panegos? I don't trust Panegos. Well, he said defensive-minded. I think defensive you were just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for sure, for you're sure. You're just for listing sure. the injuries that are currently in the midfield. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, so okay. we can infer that um, that Jaime Villarreal is currently not healthy. Roro's not healthy. Uh-huh. Um, and then outside of that, no one else can play that position. So, um, and, and so that's my thought. Yeah, and you want Omiunu to have some competition there at right, his spot. Right, yeah. Yeah, so you're basically saying like, if those two guys are hurt and maybe they stay hurt, there's no one on the bench that can play mm-hmm. that number eight, number six. So they're gonna have to sign someone, right? If these injuries linger, and if they don't bring in an academy player, which is something you had in mind. Yeah, that that was my only thought about this was maybe they just say, okay, Julian Chavez, you're the next guy up. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You're on the bench. You're gonna have to play minutes for us. Yeah, and he looked good. So, what kind of caliber player? Do you expect them to bring in? I mean, Juan Barahona was high caliber. High, yeah. Do you so, think? I don't know. I didn't give it that much thought. Right. Someone did. Someone. I don't think someone that they're looking to. I don't know. I, I would have to be in meetings of <laughs> of player. <laughs> You're not invited to those. Not meetings, in those. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I don't know. All I, right, I, for sure. My my gut reaction is just plug plug the hole and get someone in there who can just stop do the, the job. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, well, and to wrap it up with my final prediction, talk about my man Sam Warner, mm. one of our one of our favorites. My prediction is Sam Warner will get the over on ten goals. He'll score ten plus goals this year, and he will lead the team in assists. Now Warner has established himself as one of the best playmakers in the league, and I don't think Roro will be able to stay healthy this year. You couple that with. The personnel up front, I think this will be a very good year for Warner on the wing. I think he'll have lots of opportunities to be that playmaker that he is. Um, and I give him that top spot in assists. 
<laughs> as well as a healthy goal year for him. Scott, do you have any thoughts to counter this point? Because I know you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as you, I, I we have a Google Doc, and I was you know reading through it, and Zach you know told me uh, this was going to be his second prediction, and I was kind of like, how do you how, how are you going to say this guy leads the team in assist if we're saying that Roro is probably going to play twenty eight games? I, I mean, mm-hmm. I I just don't see that happening. I think Roro, if he if he plays the majority of the games, like probably twenty eight to thirty games. I just think he's probably good for at least 10 assists. So then you're saying that Sam Warner is going to get 10 goals, 10 assists. I mean, that's that's an incredible haul. And look, I'm, it's not like Sacramento scored a ton last year. Maybe with Briggs coming in, the signings that we've made, maybe we get 10 more goals. But, uh, I mean, I just, I just don't see Sam Warner getting that goal tally when there's Formella that you know is going to get playing time. There's uh, Carlton Belmar is going to get playing time. Uh, Cam, Cam's going to play. We're saying Pen- Penagos is maybe going to get some time. We're saying um, Bijev is also going to you know score a couple more goals and maybe have some more assists than last year. I, I just don't see Sam dominating that much. Mm-hmm to get 10 goals and probably need to get like 10 assists to be the leading assist guy on the team. I I just think the minutes are going to be a bit more spread around and it's also a different system. He's not dribbling at guys necessarily 10 times a game. I feel like that plays into his strengths though. See, but I don't because I feel like his, his strength is taking guys on and if it's a bit more organized and we're, I, I just, I, I see for this to happen, Sacramento has to be so good at winning the ball back and countering that he's just put in advantageous positions one or two times a game, and then his efficiency is high. I, I could I could see the possibility of him doing this, especially if there's an injury yeah. to whoever would play on the left. Mm. could be Formella, okay. could, could be, you know, or he's a bit more dangerous on the right. So if whoever plays on the right gets hurt or doesn't have to get hurt, just doesn't have good form and he stays on the right, then I think there's a possibility that that happens. But I, I don't I don't think it's likely. That's all I'm going to okay. say. I just don't think it's likely. No mm. one thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I, I just... Same morning still. I don't have any thoughts. Right. I don't. Fair <laughs> I really don't. Hey, I, Scott's I numbers. It. Scott's numbers game with like, well, if Venegas gets this many goals, gets this many goals, and someone else gets this many goals. I don't know. It, it could be that Sacramento is the one of the highest goal scoring teams in the league, and maybe. Yeah. I mean, we saw. I can see. We it saw happening. New Mexico have multiple guys with ten goals. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's the combination of ten goals plus the assist leader. Uh huh. I mean. That, that that's I mean yeah who's he's a, who's he assisting feel to? free Cameron Owasa I mean he could be assisting to anyone yeah it, Carlton I, I just don't see Roro the combination I could behind. see one or the other but mm. I don't see the combination okay okay 
Feel free to commend me if I'm right and berate me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Hey, and if yeah. you guys have your specific season predictions, yeah, let us know. Yeah, go ahead and DM us. Leave us a comment on the uh, the tweets or the Instagram uh, the, DM is solid place. Or yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Go to Facebook. <laughs> if you're get on Nolan, Facebook, get Nolan in the Facebook page. You can talk to me and my friends from Thailand that currently <laughs> follow the page. <laughs> Let's not go. Uh, nothing against that. people from Thailand. I'm just saying, like, I boosted the page, and we saw, we talked about this. Already. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, the page and it was like, you know, fake followers. Anyway, so. <laughs> <From Thailand. laughs> yeah. All right. Well, any other news or notes that we want to talk about before we get off? I'm oh, so excited. Yeah. Las Vegas Lights um, are playing a game at midnight against oh Orange County. Oh, really? Yeah. They're so I dumb. Noticed. I retweeted that. They're playing. Their kickoff is at 11, and at halftime, they they're doing party. like a like a pajama party or something. And it's like open seating. They've know? they've been very gimmick. They were very gimmicky last year. You can you Would can I? find their they have they've let like released their whole season of like promotion nights. Yeah. Yeah, that was the ridiculous. Like, I just don't know how they got stupid. Orange County to agree to it. Exactly. Like you had to sit down and say to your players, "Look, Fair. we're gonna play a game at midnight, a time where we've never played or trained before." Yeah, when like, you're super tired. Yeah. Because you have a like a. Three month old that keeps you yeah. up at night. They must have paid. Yo, them. And that they must have paid them a lot of money. Nah, I hope they compensated it. Regardless, I'm very excited to um, be back in the swing of things. Yeah, back to our weekly grind. Yeah. Um, back to watching some awesome soccer some at Papa Smurphy's. Yep. So we will be back next week with a review of FC Tulsa and a preview of I think it's Oklahoma. Is that their next game? Um, I can't. Remember. I, I'm not going to. But it's away. They have two remember. two games, two away games. So we'll be back with that. As always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.